0: Coming up this week, off-screen. Captain America enlists in the Civil War. We kick some asteroid with Ratchet and
1: Clank. Jake Gyllenhaal does some demolition. Heaven knows what for Ariel Holmes. Ricky Vase and Eric Banner are special correspondents. And we learn that God's not dead. Two. Almost to come and more off-screen. This is This is off-screen. Off-screen!
0: Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Off Screen. I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, uh, well, we, we've got to start on a really sad note this week yeah. because we, we should talk about the, the tragic passing of last week, which was Prince. is no longer with us. We have lost
1: Prince. We've lost Prince. I can't believe that we've even just said that. I, I can't. How, how do you lose Prince and Bowie in the same year? This is not. A, and Alan Weekman. This is not a good. Well, I was year. going more with the, the they, they were musicians, stuff, but... but they
0: were trend. They were the ultimate trend-setting
1: musicians. Yeah, he was 57. It's mad, isn't it? It is. I didn't even yeah. realise Prince was that old. I thought like It just kind of always looked the same yeah, age. It's a, it's like a bit like Suggs for Madness. He's never aged. <laughs> kind, ages, kind, kind of is. So, uh, what, what was your favourite song, quickly? What my my favourite yeah. song?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm always uh, the, the most beautiful girl in the world. That, oh, that is my favourite Prince song. I'm
1: a, I'm a sign of the times. Are you a sign of the times guy? I'm a sign yeah. of the times guy. But
0: that's of course, me. you a know, Prince it was one of those artists who, like like the bulk of great 80s, 70s, 80s artists, who had the impact on film almost as tremendously as, as music itself. And it was exemplified in the case of Prince almost solely through Purple Rain, which is this... It's not really a cherished film on a you know a daily basis. You don't talk about that film daily, but I, I we all don't remember know. We,
1: it. We we do move in different circles. I've got friends that religiously watch that film. I don't know.
0: Purple Rain's like a therapeutic thing for me. I, I, I love you know getting wasted on watching Purple Rain. That's a whole thing. Listen to some Morris Day of Time. Absolutely. L- exactly. But uh, yeah, so we should pay tribute to Prince with the magic of Purple Rain.
1: You wouldn't pass the initiation. What initiation? Well, for starters, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. What? You have to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka.
0: That score, man, that score. I love that movie. I remember being a kid and seeing that film for the first time and just instantly falling in love with it.
1: We've yeah. got it on Blu-ray. We showed it to one of my best friends recently for the first time. Had, had and you he never was, seen it? He was like, "This is this is absolutely amazing. This is incredible." It's yeah. it's that whole "When Doves Cry" because it, it was Eight Mile before there was Eight Mile. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it really was that that whole "When Doves Cry" segment about his that parents. Really is, isn't it? That's it, it is that's, heartbreaking. Yeah, that that, that yeah. is Eight Mile. That whole sequence. Yeah, he's yeah, it, this,
0: this is what this is what Eminem was trying to do. I get it now. This <laughs> is what it sounds like when Eminem tries to rip off Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like when Marshall cries. <laughs> so shall we start then? Um, well, we've gone from from one. Story of one person crying to another. Let's talk about our first film of the week then. Let's talk about Heaven Knows What. Ooh. And I'm not familiar with the indie filmmakers behind this, but I gather you may well be. And uh, they give are me some names. the, the Safties. Uh, Brad and Joshua Safdie, and they are indie filmmakers. And they the story basically goes that Joshua Safdie, who looks an alarming amount like uh, Shia LaBeouf or Alex Zane, depending, right. um, <laughs> that he evidently discovered this this young girl homeless, panhandling on the streets of New York, and it turned out that she was a recover she was a recovering addict. She had written her memoirs, which have still yet to be published, but they have now turned those memoirs into this film. And this is the story of a young girl named Harley, who's played by Ariel Holmes. Who is also the girl who you know was discovered and wrote the memoir, so she plays herself effectively mm. in that almost purple rain like way and in a bit of a theme <laughs> there's a bit of a theme and uh, well let's see first of all let's say she she is you know through and through addict she is addicted to the point of Absolutely unquestioning, when absolutely lacking any kind of questioning when her boyfriend, played by Caleb Landry-Jones, decides to to tell her that if she wants to prove her love to him, she'll have to slit her wrists. Which she literally does there and then. The resulting hospital trip gives her the sort of kick she needs to try and turn her life around a bit and depart from her boyfriend. A guy named Ilya. He plays a guy named Ilya. Um... and try and get her life back but of course they reconnect uh, you know almost by chance yeah. and old habits die hard and old flames go out the, go out the hardest and yeah, and it's a really, really gritty and grimy and intense drama, but it's filmed with all this sort of verite and this gristle. And at the centre of it all, these really, really amazing performances by Arielle Holmes, by Caleb Landry Jones, and as great a discovery as she is, and she's she's remarkable and she's a real discovery. Yeah. And she she can just hypnotise you with her eyes. She she's one of those she can act with her eyes kinds of actresses. <laughs> um, but then, as surprising as she is, you've got Caleb Landry Jones, who wow, he's really delivering it here. This now, is an astonishing he, performance. He
1: was in uh, was in first class, wasn't he? Exempt first, first class. class. He was yeah. Banshee, wasn't he? Yeah, the one that can kind of. Sort of fly Can glide. fly with his throat, but he, yeah, uh, he emits very loud pitched noise exactly. So, yeah. so,
0: amazing, amazing drama. I don't think it's got much crossover appeal outside of the art house. But if you're looking for something sort of like tangerines, it goes along similar lines as tangerine, okay. then look no further. This this will impress it's you, and you. you will love those performances. So, uh, shall we, shall we start the box office top 10 for the week? Let's do it. Number 10 Miles Ahead, Miles Ahead, which I liked. I it, it is it is a you know, work of it is trying to do something different with the biopic i think for me it's it's a chrysalis of a certain point of the life of its subject whereas i would prefer the whole story i had this with ali though the michael Mann uh, bit of ali now i like right. that film very much Will Smith, yeah. yeah but um <laughs> but i wish it had been more the story of ali and not the story it's of this just kind little, of like a, this is a, a slice a of ali a slice of ali yeah exactly but Don Cheadle is terrific in it. Don Cheadle, the director, is also terrific behind it. It's Don Cheadle, the writer, who doesn't quite sell it. And that, for me, is a bit of an issue, because I wanted the fun in this, and I wanted Get On Up, and this really isn't. Number nine. Shakespeare
1: Live. He's not alive at all. No, he died 400 years ago, and that's why this is in the top ten. Is that why? That's why. Uh,
0: Well, I I do catch BBC Breakfast most mornings, so I did actually know that it was uh, Shakespeare's 400th birthday. Or was, it, oh, was it his death, form
1: of death day? Well, here's the thing. Apparently he was born and died on the same day.
0: That that that's yeah. the worst birthday ever. It's pretty terrible, isn't it? My cousin's birthday's nine eleven. Oh that's that's a yeah. close second. Number eight. The Huntsman Winter's Boar. Winter's Boar is is definitely the most uh, adequate way to
1: describe it. Or the Huntsman uh, contract negotiation.
0: Yeah, uh, contractual obligation. Contractual obligation, yeah. It it does make The Mummy Returns look like The Dark Knight. It does um, finally make uh, Chris Hemsworth's awful American accent in black hat look accomplished by comparison. It does prove that Jessica Chastain should not be allowed a role in which she does not play a uh, middle-class American office worker because she simply cannot handle the dialect involved in playing anybody else. It's a dreadful film that boasts its added value Appeal as Sheridan Smith, it makes no logical sense as a prequel, sequel, or film in its own right, and frankly, it wastes Charlize Theron in what is otherwise her finest hour of this series.
1: Not a fan. No.
0: Number seven. Eddie v Eagle. Now, this I quite liked.
1: This is this was yeah. You know, still not seen it. This is one it. of those.
0: It was exactly what you expected it to be. It's cool running with a bit of kitchen sink flair. Yeah, well, kitchen flare. Do
1: you have kitchen sink
0: flare? I think it's the exact opposite of ki- kitchen in, flare. In the seventies, you could have had
1: a kitchen sink flare. Do you think? I K- was I was, sink the, uh, I was going more for the
0: I was going more for the Albert Finney kind of go uh, kind of kitchen sink vibe. That
1: is the definition of kitchen sink flare, isn't
0: it? Yeah, was that Saturday Night Sunday Morning?
1: Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah.
0: I'm going way off topic But yes A lot of fun uh, Taron Egerton Playing it for laughs Why isn't? Why wouldn't he uh, Hugh Jackman Cool as hell man yeah. no, no pun intended With the whole snow thing But also It's an enjoyable little film It does exactly What you expect it to do You will enjoy
1: it You won't be challenged by it Why would you need to be
0: Number 6
1: Batman vs Superman Yawn of Justice you loved this film, didn't you? Well, Did funnily you enough, it? after the after the next jump, we get to talk
0: about how you do this film well. Right, And with, you, with more heroes. With, with more heroes. Not complicated story. Really. Yeah, if you give it to someone who isn't the Guy Fieri of filmmakers, then you <laughs> apparently get something a little bit more accomplished. So, uh, yeah, no, this is awful. Uh, ben Affleck's about the best thing in it. Jesse Eisenberg is one of the worst villains I've seen on screen in a long time. And, uh, hey, Martha! No, <laughs> no, just... No. Wait, did
1: we need to become best friends?
0: (laughs) It really is that moment. The best part is, you know, there are people who don't know about the whole Martha thing. When you tell them about it, they think you're making it up. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen,
1: the on-screen radio show.
0: And we're back, and you know what time it is, Case.
1: Let me just look at my Marvel-branded Captain America watch.
0: It is, in fact, time for Captain America Civil War. I have waited ten years for them to make a movie out of this. Genuinely, Mm. ten years. And, well, do you know what? Uh, My expectations were not met, to be fair, although I still loved it. I I thought it was was an excellent film, but it did not meet my expectations. So that tells you exactly what I was expecting. You were expecting a lot. I was I was expecting an awful lot, and uh, well, because I wanted it to be because of the book anyway. So, Captain America. It is one year on from the events of Age of Ultron. So, uh, the the whole decimation of Sokovia in the third act yeah. of Age of Ultron. That is what's still lingering in the air. We're in the wake of that event. We open with the Avengers. Uh, well, the new crop of Avengers, which seem to consist of Captain America, Black uh, Widow, Black Soldier, Black Widow, uh, Falcon, War Machine, War Machine, uh, who I think is now called War. Or Hammer, but it's never really... What, it, I, I don't know, it's a weird thing. And Scarlet Witch, and somewhere The Vision, but he doesn't seem to be involved in the early... Anyway, okay. so they, they are in Nigeria. They are tracking Frank Grillo's character from uh, oh, Captain C- America, the C- Winter Soldier. Crossbones. Yes. And in capturing him, they accidentally set off an explosion that blows up an office building and kills 26 people. So ah. collateral damage... Not really the nicest thing to to have happen to a superhero in the middle of uh, in the middle of their movie, and then have to have a whole sequel about it because God forbid. And uh, that was a pointed Batman Superman reference. So what you get then is Tony Stark. Tony Stark shows up with the Secretary of Defense, who happens to be an old friend as well. It happens to be William Hurt, General Thunderbolt Ross from The Incredible Hulk. Which means sports fans, we now have to officially count 2008 The Incredible Hulk as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: I always counted it. I, I don't think I filmed South Bad. You know it's why? Okay. I,
0: you know why most people don't count it because it's, it's not in the Avengers box set,
1: and it's minus at one Ruffalo as well.
0: Yeah, because it's not got a Ruffalo, but also it's not in the uh, Avengers Assemble oh, is box it not? set. In the official it's box not because it's history. owned by Par- It's owned by Universal. That's why. Was he oh, really? Incredible Hawk is owned by Universal, so therefore, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Mm. Tony Stark shows up with Thunderbolt Ross. There is a new document called the Sokovia Accords. It looks like a phone book on white paper. And basically the general gist is the Avengers now report to the UN. A specially commissioned panel of the UN will decide where the Avengers go and what they fight. If something happens, the Avengers cannot simply get up and go and fight it. If aliens land on the White House lawn, they cannot simply get up and go and fight it. The UN have to then have to first say... You can go and, and, and stop this. So, you know, if, if there's a kitten stuck in a tree, they literally cannot get it down. Enter this clip. Tony, if someone
1: dies on your watch, you don't give up. Who said we're giving up? We are for not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. Sorry, Steve, that, that is dangerously
0: arrogant. This is the United Nations we're talking about. It's not the World Security Council.
1: It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydro. No, but it's run by people with agendas, and agendas change. That's good. That's why I'm here. When I realized what my weapons were capable of in the wrong hands, I shut it down Stop stopped manufacturing. Tony, you chose to do that. If we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. What if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. If we don't do this now, it's going to be done to us later.
0: As you can hear from there, there is an ideological conflict at the centre. Half the Avengers side with it, half of them side against it. And what happens then is Bucky Barnes. The Winter Soldier himself reappears, is framed for a crime he didn't commit, is forced into the protection, into protective custody, effectively, of Captain America. And this brings him into conflict all over again with Tony Stark slash Iron Man. And you have the two heroes going at one another over Bucky, of all people. So, Civil War as it ever was written now this is not as quite not quite as much of a character conflict as the source material upon which is, which is based it does in doing in shifting more towards a plot based ideology more than a character driven one what you have is a story that ultimately falls victim to the same thing that Winter Soldier did which is let's go with the plot of you know put some intrigue in there some suspense but when it comes down to it and it gives us room to explore that rather than go into the moralistics of it let's go into here's a bad guy and in the case of Winter Soldier that was effectively Hydra if they'd not essentially, done essentially yeah, yeah. if they'd not um, done the what Hydra was, bit what was
1: Robert Redford's character? Uh, uh, Alexander, Alexander Pierce, Pierce. Yeah, yeah. if
0: they'd not done that if, they, if, if Winter Soldier had been all about the moralistics of is it right to kill someone before they commit the crime hmm. which is what the first half arguably was then you know different film entirely here we have a very similar thing Where if it was about the sokovia accords then great you know that that's a very different film but also that puts on a whole other echelon this is already light years ahead of uh, batman superman in terms of let's take two established heroes let's pit them against one another let's create an argument a really solid base for an argument we'll develop it we'll ground it we'll give it consequence mm. and we'll explore it in detail batman superman did none of that batman superman famously had its hero on trial at the very beginning. With no concept of a consequence for him. No. Hey, you're on trial for all the bad stuff you did in the last. It was movie. just
1: a jar of urine.
0: There really was. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Sweet peach tea, isn't it? Grandma's peach tea. Yeah, that's all that's, there that's, that's yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that was it. It was. Hey, Superman, you're on trial. Oh, what are you going to do to me if you find me guilty? Find you guilty? No, we're not doing that. Oh, what's this trial for? We don't know. Nobody knows. What happens if you find me guilty? Don't know. Oh,
1: look,
0: where's uh, uh, Scooter McNary. Yeah. You know, in a wheelchair. That's, 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 yeah, yeah. and and yeah, That's it. Th- that was it. That, in case that was, you know, it. that was badly thought out. This isn't. However, although this is really well thought out, it does cop out on, here's a bad guy. And the problem is, the plot was, is already interesting enough that it feels alarmingly conventional when it goes for, here's a bad guy. That said you are having kind of too much fun to really think about it. Mm-hmm. It's not until you sit and think about the film afterwards that you think, oh, okay, yeah, the bad guy thing was a bit much, and you may have sort of wasted Daniel Brühl and an established Marvel hero. But, you know, aside from that. So, you've got Robert Downey Jr., who, terrific as Tony Stark, finally gets to explore the emotional side of that character, which he's literally never had the chance to do. Even Iron Man 3 kind of skirts around that a little bit. Iron Man 3 gave you a shaken Tony Stark, but never an emotional or bruised one. Mm. Here we get that You also get Chris Evans Who's now Naturally comfortable in the role Because why wouldn't he be He spent more he, he more of his Cap life he spent yeah. more of his life Playing Cat than himself fifth, now. This is fifth time His fifth his And fifth, yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s sixth Oh yeah, seventh, seventh Seventh if you count seventh, Hulk yeah. Seventh if you mm. count Hulk Yeah the post credit Exactly And um, so Everyone's on the, on the A-game. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of fun in Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, who get a lot more to do this time around. There is a great moment in which Jeremy Renner shows up, having finally earned some cred off the last movie. Yeah, and people he
1: sh- actually like Hawkeye now. People like yeah. him for a
0: t- And he turns up, and it's almost mm. as if he knows it. And you can <laughs> see it on his face with this... That's right, I'm back. You like me now. Yeah, you like me now. And yeah, great fun. Scarlett Johansson's a little bit sidelined by not really having as much involvement in the plot as she did, for instance, in Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, But she's still as good as she can be under the circumstances. Uh, Falcon is still a little bit of an afterthought. He does seem to just be this token best friend, which is kind of weird since for the second film in a row, the whole plot is about Cap's best friend. Just not that one. You you then face this idea that Bucky's got more to do, yet it's kind of understandable that he'd have to be given more to do since he was a bit player in a movie named after him last time around. The only problem is because you've got Bucky there, because you've got Cap there, and you've got great performances, don't get it wrong, Sebastian Stan creates just enough intrigue to Bucky to, to keep it interesting and at the same time likeable. Mm-hmm. But because you've got this dynamic and it's so easily to mis it's so easy to misconstrue if you're an idiot as as a as a possible let's just say a little bit of Burt Ward and Adam West action what they've done is they felt the need to compensate by bringing back a character from Winter Soldier played by Emily Van Camp whose storyline was more or less done and now she's back and she's got the the actual Marvel backstory which feels weirdly forced when you put it on a cinema screen and there's this even more forced bit of romance which is quite clearly there purely to just distract anyone who says oh, Cap and Bucky, they're lovers. It's there for that and no other reason and it's literally a single case. right, you're done, out the moon. Go, go on Emily, go on, go And that's it and you're watching it thinking, why why are they degrading Emily van Camp yeah, this it's way? it's a bit wasted. It's a bit wasted. Yeah. Um, no, so the Russo brothers, they handle the action, they handle the suspense. Uh, McFreeley and screenplay is terrific. Uh, there's a lot of fun in there. There is heart, there is humour, and yet it is an incredibly dark and grisly film yeah. when it wants to be. It is a case of looking at Batman Superman and saying, wow, you really can have your cake and eat it too, with a repulsor blaster if you really want to. <laughs> um, incidentally, there are a lot of cool little gadgets and, yeah. and techie uh, things. There are
1: two... Uh, big new characters as well.
0: Yes, some some pretty staggering (laughs) new characters. And, well, there's not really any secrecy to that, is there? We all know who they are. Okay, so Black Panther, first and foremost. Do you know what? real potential there. You, you'll, yeah. you'll instantly like Chadwick Boseman because he has the authority that that character needs. He has that air of regency to him. We think, okay, yes, I see you as an authority figure. I can understand that. And there's a, there's a, a, a sequence with him and his, uh, the actor playing his father. And it's a really well-put-together scene, and it has quite clearly been written by someone who knows the Black Panther comics because it's, whether or not it's got the facts right, it has got the heart, and that's what it needs. Um, and then there's Tom Holland as uh, Spider-Man who uh, I I can say makes more of an impression in about 30 seconds than the entire last two Spider-Man movies. That's what you want to hear. Andrew Garfield really is going to be a footnote. He he really is, and I'm not exaggerating. Tom Holland is terrific. In fact, he's amazing as spider oh, there it is there it there is, it is. Uh, paul rudd gets some scenery to chew as well that's Why not, good you know yeah. uh, and there seems to be a constant gag with him which is that nobody knows who he is which i oh, really? I, I find really <laughs> hilarious cool. there, there is a great moment there's a really great moment uh, in which he 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 gets to meet tony stark and says hank pym always told me never trust a stark and tony stark's brilliant response is who, who are you And I love that. I absolutely love that. That's exactly why these movies work for me. Um, It's not really big with the shock revelations and spoilery deaths and things like that. It's not that kind of a film. It does take some twists and turns. And they do... They they may feel underwhelming after something like the Winter Soldier. However, they are still game changers and they are impressive ones at that. I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't get to see it in three. I Didn't get seen Dolby Vision though. Oh, um, nice. Didn't get to see it in three D or, or IMAX. Um, there is, I believe, two mm-hmm. post credits sequences. I only got shown you one. Show sure one. I was shown one mid credits, and I would advise sticking around for that one at least. I know that the, one at the ultimate end is kind of a bit frivolous, but. Uh, It is worth a a watch. It is not as great a film as Winter Soldier. It's not quite as streamlined. It's a little lumpier. Would you
1: say it's better than uh, Avengers Age of Ultron? Oh, God, yes. It's way, way better than Age of Ultron. That's what we need
0: to hear. Um, But say it's not as streamlined as Winter Soldier. It's lumpier. It's lumpier. It's (laughs) baggier. It's the longest Marvel film to date. And although you think it's not as streamlined, strangely there isn't an awful lot you'd cut from it. With the latest
1: film news and reviews... This is off screen.
0: And we're back to the dulcet sounds of Harold Faltermeyer there. So, <laughs> should we uh, should we finish the box office top ten for this week then? Yes. Number five. Friend request. Friend request. Oh, this was so generic. This was so, okay. So it started out single white Facebook, and then it became uh, you know slasher movie one hundred and one. Then yep. it became The Ring, and there's your ninety minutes. And for some reason, people have gone to see it because how much has this been made? This has made a fair chunk of change. Really, Six hundred
1: and twenty-four thousand pounds. On what I can presume is not a very large budget. Uh,
0: well, it's one of those. You can tell there has been made for like ten mil tops, 5, oh, yeah. 10 mil, something like that. And everyone in it looks like someone else who's like a B-list who's like ten years older. And so you've got. It's,
1: it's quite similar to another film that came out. Was it Star Wars Show or was it last? Year? Unfriended. Unfriended, Unfri- yeah. which is what
0: this is called in Germany, funnily enough. Mm. Number four.
1: Try everything. Zootropolis. I love that film. I'm beginning to hate that song. You're beginning to hate that (laughs) song. That that song is awesome. It is
0: my my new everything is awesome. That's what it is. And that got annoying as well. Did that get annoying as
1: well? Did that annoy you? Did you not love that when it got to the Oscars? I did love it when I got to the Oscars. I think it's because I worked in the cinema I had to hear it kind of concert on a loop for like three months. Well,
0: I think we will be hearing about Zootropolis and Zootopia, whatever you want to call it, when we get to the Oscars next I, year. I think so. uh, Because it's between that and a certain other Disney film for the best family films of this year. This, I think, stands a good chance of best animated feature next year, although it's going to have to face off on the likes of Finding Dory in the process. Number three.
1: Bastille Day. Bastille Day. Bastille Day. Um,
0: <laughs> which, uh, you know what, it's run-of-the-mill, pedestrian, it's, it's a little bit of a rehash from Paris with Love. It's got uh, just minus JT. M- minus JT. It's got uh, you know a cast of American characters all played by Brits for apparently no reason whatsoever. And then it all comes to a crescendo with the most adorably crap closing song you've heard to a film since LL Cool J and his Sharks Fin when Idris Elba teams up with Fat Boy Slim to drop the beat. And I don't even know what that song is called. I've tried looking it up online. It doesn't seem to have a title. I would imagine really? it's called Bastille Day. I want oh, to it was hear amazing. it, it was so enjoyably naff, but a rubbish film. But you know what? Enjoyably rubbish. Number two, I in the sky. I've not seen it because it's an eight one film. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So Maybe well, I'm not
0: forking out my own money to see it. If they
1: want it, do you know what? I do actually hear good things. And no, I, I It's, hear it's also Alan last on screen performance,
0: and, and that is that is a shame. But I'm yeah. sure it's going to make a lovely DVD.
1: Number one. <laughs> The Jungle Book,
0: <laughs> which I adored.
1: I love the me Jungle too. Book so much. You were because you saw it. Did you say it a day or so after me. I saw it the day of release. You saw it of. Did you go? I thought you went to a preview price. or something. No, no, I saw it day of in a packed screen full of grown as full well. Of, I, that's the thing yeah. as well because
0: this seems to really appeal to. The, it, I didn't realize the Jungle Book hung on such nostalgia. Oh, of
1: course, yeah.
0: And it, it really is like my, yeah. my friend John Colson told me. You better not give that a bad review. I'm like, Why? I didn't even know you liked the Jungle Book.
1: It's one of those things. It's it's your grandparents' yes, favorite seems Disney. It's to Parents, Disney. It's...
0: And you know what though, I think your grand that's the thing though, because you would take you should take your grandparents to see this. Yeah. Or you should take your nieces, nephews, cousins. Just take everyone to see it because it is the perfect family film. It mm. really is. It's astonishingly well made. It proves John Favreau to be the visionary we always wanted him to be, yet he never seemed to follow through on with the likes of Cowboys and Aliens and for god help us Chef. But um
1: <laughs> But, yeah. Not getting into that again
0: <laughs> But no I really loved it I love the yeah. animation I think Idris Elba's A terrific villain in it I thought it was amazing But
1: I recommend it And we're going to get Number two as well
0: We are we are going to Get number two So shall we uh, shall we talk about some, some film news real quick Should we oh, drop yes, some please, film yeah. news Because we've got, dropped, got uh, film news. We've got one of our Favourite subjects to talk about now <laughs> Have
1: you, we really you,
0: you know what it is <laughs>
1: It's Baywatch, baby. Baywatch claxon, people. <laughs> Baywatch
0: claxon, people. So, um, great bit of casting news for Baywatch. Yes,
1: yeah, somebody's coming back. And
0: somebody's coming back. And who is that person? That's someone. Wait for it. Is Pamela Anderson? Pamela Anderson is yeah. returning to Baywatch. C.J. Parker. Herself. Well, she, she won't be playing C.J. Parker the, because has got somebody that's else. That's Kelly C.J. Roback yeah, now. Course, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It'd be great for me. I think, in my opinion, if if Pamela Anderson played her mum. Yeah, that'd be great. Age-wise, be good, that yeah. kind of fits. But do uh, you know what? Just just came up with a tenuous reason to put Pamela Anderson back in the skimpy red bikini, and uh, just just for the sake of iconography. <laughs> and 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 I'm I'm laughing my ass off. I really am. As
1: as long as Hasselhoff will just be like fully clothed in a suit. No, that's, we that's need fine. Hasselhoff
0: in his shorts again. We don't need we that. Do, no, we...
1: need to see that. 70 year old
0: we, we, do, we need that now. 70 year old chesty mane right back out in the world <laughs> in slow motion so Pamela Anderson is returned to Baywatch thank you so much Dwayne Johnson on which note do, do we dare I think we dare I think we dare so let's talk about Demolition then and not oh, yeah, Demolition Man because I keep typing Demolition Man into IMDB without oh, thinking I've
1: seen film so long
0: you've been fined one credit for violation of the film reality <laughs> statue so uh, Demolition which is the latest from Jean- Jean-Marc, Vallée? Jean-Marc Vallée Jean-Marc Vallée Jean-Marc Vallée this got torn to pieces at the Toronto Film Festival last year I'm here to tell you that that was all for nothing it did not in any way deserve to be torn apart in fact it should have been applauded so what you have is the latest from Jean-Marc Vallée and this is the story of Jake Hall's character Davis Mitchell who is a successful 30-something banker who lives in uh, White Plains New York It's trick commutes to the city every day has somewhat of a a sort of routine life, if you know what I mean. He's, he's very into his routine. Wake up at five, I hit the treadmill. One day, his wife dies in a car accident And he discovers very quickly That actually he doesn't know How to handle grief He can't handle the emotional side of this mm. So what he does is basically What he does as a person anyway Which is simply to move on And better the situation So he g- literally goes From the, the intensive care unit To the vending machine To get some skittles To get some M&Ms Because he's peckish The vending machine doesn't work So he takes down the details on his phone Goes home and during the funeral Funeral starts writing a letter to the vending machine company asking for a refund but of course he's not a normal guy and I would like to present to you some of the content in this clip which is actually the letter he writes during his wife's funeral
1: I don't think Phil liked me that much at first I grew up in Jersey I didn't come from money and I puked on the ice sculpture at our engagement party also he told me once I don't like you Davis Julie was a nice girl, a good person. She worked with special needs children. She snorted when she laughed and cried every time they showed footage of the towers falling. Other than that, I don't think I knew who she really was.
0: She always said I didn't pay attention. That is literally a man at his wife's funeral writing a letter asking for a refund from a vending machine. And he writes loads of these, so he keeps doing just it. Just about
1: various the next things. Day he
0: things. Right, the next day, he'll come home, and he'll start writing another letter saying, just, uh, dear vending machine company, I just want to keep your price so you have all the information at your disposal. Yeah, yeah. And he keeps updating them. And what happens is he eventually gets a phone call in the middle of the night from the sole customer services rep for this company, who is played, naturally enough, by Naomi Watts. And what happens is the two form this sort of bizarre and unlikely, unlikely sort of a friendship, mm-hmm. whereby he, they sort of become each other's... Not confidants, but
1: sort of like a support system kind of kind
0: of but more like sounding boards for each other. Oh, right. And he in turn then also befriends her teenage her sort of tween gender fluid son. Incredibly likable actor as well. I can't remember his name. What is it? Judah Judah Uh where is it? Judah Lewis, I wanna say offhand? judah lewis yes judah lewis and he's a lot of fun actually he's very much got sort of a young river phoenix kind of a vibe to him but then of course as you've got terrific performances across the board um you've got Chris Cooper though who seems to be the weakest link in it so he's That's playing through, his father in law he's playing the father-in-law yeah. but the the problem is that Chris Cooper's drawn the short straw because what he's done is basically gotten a typecast role it's it's like you you write this character down a piece of paper's like well, okay there's five actors in the world who can play this so <laughs> do me a favor phone Ed Harris uh, Kevin Spacey Chris Cooper and just see if any of those guys are free yeah uh, whichever one answers first just give it them
1: and if not Bill, Bill Macy all yeah
0: bit. yeah exactly Billy Macy exactly that it's like the dad in room. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's like exactly. the William H. Macy role in room where you sit and think, it's that list of five actors of a certain Chris age could that. could
1: have been that guy in Room. Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. in the
0: same way that William H. Macy was, it's yeah. that requisite list. Yeah. And although they are all terrific when they take these roles. They're all great actors. Yeah. They're all great actors. But although they're great in it, you do sit and think it's just not challenging for you. What I get it, you want an easy paycheck every now and again, <laughs> but really? <laughs> So, what you've got, though, is a screenplay behind it all, which is really something to behold. And this is by a relatively unknown writer named Brian Sipe, And he's written this screenplay, which is chock full of really dark humour and heart. And Jean-Marc Vallée has brought a sort of energetic, uh, sort of unbalanced, and almost unhinged sensibility. He's kept it within a certain level of tolerance, admittedly. It's still accessible to, should we Should we just say, the, the, the Guardian readers will say. The Guardian readers can watch this and not feel like they're watching Fight Club, if you know what I mean. Okay,
1: yeah. Right, yeah
0: but this is as close as they're getting and, and then on the other hand what you do have though is this dramedy which feels like it's almost a companion piece to Fight Club this is Fight Club's rom-com you know for lack of a better term this <laughs> David is David Fincher did a rom-com if David Fincher did a rom-com it would be this and, uh, and yeah but it works it's got so much going for it it's not this profound piece of Oscar bait that you would expect from Jean-Marc Vallée on the back of Dallas Buyers Club and Wild, and Wild. Course, yeah. uh, but instead what you've got is this really impressive out of no where left field dramedy that's part american beauty uh, uh part fight club and even part you know that website 27b slash six even a bit of that in, in terms of like the letter writing i'm just going to write course, you yeah. random nonsense and and i loved it and i thought mark uh, uh, uh jake jill well, wow, i was gonna say mark paul gosselaar then and i don't they have think,
1: very different careers
0: you know it is swedish names that's that's oh, well, what I it guess. is. Swedish
1: names. So you're going to say like Alexander Skarsgård. So, no. 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 That's, no that's, that's, that's that's far too Swedish. That, that's far far. far yeah. Far that's, that's actually <laughs> Swedish. He's uh, actually a Swedish, man. But
0: no, uh, Jake Jonah has not been as good as as this as good as he here in years. I mean, this is a really really good film. Let's drop the needle. With the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, well, the big heavy hitter of the week. Oh, yeah. Really, this is, you, this is the you one. You
1: guys need to forget about Captain America Civil War. Captain this who? Is, <laughs> Captain, Captain who? who? This is the sequel we've been after. This is the
0: sequel we've all been waiting for. Yeah. God's Not Dead 2. Sequel to the 2014...
1: Smash, I would say.
0: Smash, well, it kind of is, actually, a smash. <laughs> yeah. God's Not Dead, which starred Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane. TV's Kevin Sorbo and Dean Cain. TV, film. TV's Hercules and TV's Superman...
1: Some would say the best that's, that's,
0: I don't know I was a big Lewis and Clark fan anyway yeah, so yeah, too. God's Not Dead 2 which sees Melissa Joan Hart on the big screen and S- Sabrina that, herself I can only remember that happening once in Drive Me Crazy and that was about oh, it oh yeah I remember that yeah she uh, started with the uh, what do you call them Vincent Chase from Entourage yeah. <laughs> anyway so Melissa Joan Hart is a Christian school teacher who answers a question in her history class one day for a pupil and just casually drops a bit of Christ in there before you know it through the magic of social media this found its way around the school and she is promptly dismissed from her job she then goes to court to sue for wrongful dismissal taking with her the only lawyer that she can afford to hire played by jesse metcalf remember him remember jesse metcalf he used to have
1: a career yeah he
0: he was john tucker remember john tucker he had had to die die. he He, had to die he must die Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, John Tucker, sorry, Jesse Medcalf is is her lawyer, and then you've got Ray Weiss, who's the prosecuting mm. attorney, yeah. and the general gist of it all is simply to prove that she has intentionally imparted her beliefs onto her unwilling students, whereas the, def- the defendants themselves have to support the idea that not only did God exist, but he actually counts as a historical figure, so it's okay to talk about him in history class. He is he a clip.
1: Isn't that sort of like what Jesus meant when he said that we should love our enemies? Yes. Uh, the writer of the Gospel of Matthew records Jesus as saying, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you will be children of your father in heaven, which indicates a commitment to nonviolence. Dr. King confirmed the link, describing his inspiration from scripture, saying Christ furnished the spirit and motivation while Gandhi furnished the method. Except that that didn't work. Jesus got himself killed and everybody knows that. (laughs) Well, so did Dr. King. So I guess it just depends on how you measure success.
0: Okay, so the first God's Not Dead was made in a $2 million budget, and based, based on the fact that a couple of members of the press happened to see it and declared it to be one of the worst films ever made, um, basically there was an element of rubbernecking involved where people really, really wanted to see how bad it could possibly be. So the film wound up making $60 million in the end. So you had a $2 million film that Pretty made impressive. $60 million. So what Pure Flix, who were the studio behind this, yeah. interpreted that to mean was that people actually really liked it.
1: more.
0: Yeah, so yeah. please allow me to just impart a very brief opinion on, on the sequel. For them.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: Oh. This lasts 120 agonisingly long minutes. It will remove any respect you ever had for the star of Clarissa Explains It All and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It will it will basically leave you a dishevelled mess of a sleeping human because it's so unfathomably dull. For one thing, it doesn't have any characters. There are no actual characters in this. Everyone no, in it...
1: She's, she's a teacher and Ray Wise is some evil guy. No, Ray, Ray Wise is basically... He the, evil the fact guy. that he
0: played Satan in reaper is yeah. something they seem to actually gain comedic mileage out of here mm. and, and, and that genuinely is true as well it's a film that has this whole straw man argument it wants to constantly play it's a film that has solely been created to push an agenda which frankly doesn't exist this idea that uh, you know <laughs> middle middle america apparently is at war with christians i'm sorry since when because yeah. the last time I checked, I'm pretty sure fundamentalist Christians rule Middle America.
1: That's the whole point of Middle America, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, if the current Republican Party race is anything to go by, uh,
0: it, yeah. It gets slightly better because Republican Senator yeah. oh, Mike yeah. Huckabee turns up in this film. Not only does Mike really? Huckabee, just, he really does, not only does Mike Huckabee turn up in this film, Mike Huckabee actually paid for a screening of the film before the Iowa caucuses this year. Genuine thing. That's pretty despicable. That is pretty despicable. But I assure you, not quite as despicable as a really odious characterless movie full of what... I'm I'm not even going to call them characters. They are basically prayer puppets. Basically prayer puppets. (laughs) All of which builds up to this brilliant crescendo where the film ends with a Christian rock concert by some band called the Newsboys before cutting to black with... Text everyone you know And tell them Hashtag God's not dead And then some song lyrics And by the way Here are some other people Who've been persecuted For their religious beliefs So bear in mind You've just sat through a One yeah, hour yeah. You know 120 you, minute You
1: feel like you've been persecuted
0: oh, yeah, yeah you feel like You've been persecuted Having sat there But yeah. you've just sat through A 120 minute long TV movie The bulk of which Is a courtroom drama With all these horrible extraneous subplots There's a Chinese guy Who really wants to discover God There's some chick Who's just gotten Gone into remission there's a, there's a priest Who has appendicitis These are actual subplots To a courtroom drama all of which builds up to here are some other documented cases of people being persecuted for their religious beliefs the third one of which Mm. is a woman who ran a motel and refused to rent a room to a married gay couple and 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 that, apparently, is wrong, that she was persecuted for... No, 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 that's not how this works. Not at all. You, you don't get to do that for two hours. Preach tolerance to us. Yeah. At the end of all this, tell us that it's wrong that she was persecuted for not being allowed to persecute.
1: No! That's not how this works. So, Demolition's good. So, you can go see that. Dem- demolition's really yeah. good. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend and Demolition. if you get a ticket, it's Captain America as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I would I would totally go and see that. I mean, de- yeah,
1: Captain America... So, so in conclusion... <laughs> God's Not Dead 2 is just the worst.
0: It is just, just the worst. Should we look at next week, though? Should we do a look at what's on next week? And we've yeah, got... Sure. Uh, well, what we've got next week, first of all, we've got Florence Foster Jenkins... <laughs> Florence, Florence, Florence Foster, Foster Jenkins. Jenkins. <laughs> okay, we've got Florence Foster Jenkins. Mean, that was a little tongue twister now. Yeah. Okay, we've got I Saw the Light. That's next week as well. Oh, uh,
1: the, the Hank Williams one. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So a bit, a bit of Hiddleston there yeah. for you. Apparently he can Tom really Hiddles. sing.
1: Uh, He took lessons prior to filming Apparently he's wonderful this is what I've heard. He's terrific, apparently. I've heard he's good. The film not so much. Uh, well, I don't know. I, uh, Alan, I know Alan did a screening, told him it was very good.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, I, I take his word for these things. Oh, right. Although he apparently saw Captain America three times before he decided it was okay. Took three Took three attempts. <laughs> We've got these final hours next week as well. We've got Christian Bale in Night of Cups, the new film from Terence Malick. That's next week. When is a Terence Malick film not an impressive thing? <laughs>
1: I don't know what to say to it. Come
0: on, you you know we'll be discussing it at length before, uh, after and during the show, so Silver Wonder was not impressive. It it was not impressive.
1: You were not impressed by a Tree of Life?
0: I was not impressed by What treatment. was it
1: about Was it Finn Red line? Oh no I'm, I'm missing Oh, Oh you're missing new, one New, new world, world New World, world. No, Which I think
0: is I quite like the New yeah. World I do uh, We've also got the sequel We've all been waiting for Because no one needed Captain America No one needed God's Not Dead Do you know what we needed We needed more Bad Neighbours That's what we needed Bad Neighbours 2 Sorority Rising Is next week
1: Is that really next week that This is really this next week. is flying It's by.
0: previewing on Monday Would you believe Next week so, thing. so Chloe Moretz joins the Bad Neighbours gang uh, this time around we don't, we don't need said, that are you not a Chloe Moretz fan?
1: no you, why, you know this to be true why do
0: me? people hate Chloe Moretz so much? I, I don't know I'll, I'll tell you off air
1: because I can't say it all uh,
0: Okay, fair enough. fair enough ok so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen this has been a Candy Store butcher for On Screen I've been Van Connor.
1: I've been Case Allen
0: and we'll be back next week
1: just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way you've been
0: listening to Off Screen for more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. Podcast extras, Mr. Allen. So, um, shall I? Should we, we just scatter some film news? Because we've got two reviews left to do. Yeah, just um, just a smattering. We'll scatter some reviews. reviews, okay? Because you know what we've not we've not talked about Amelia um, Clark, really. We haven't talk about her yet.
1: We've not. Uh, Khaleesi. 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 And funnily enough, I, I was
0: talking about uh, Game of Thrones to a friend of mine the other day and, right. uh, and was told, oh, I, I don't watch that, never really gotten into it. My response was actually, to be fair, you could pretty much shorten the title of Game of Thrones now down to Clarkie and the Dwarf. Because that's <laughs> the only reason anyone watches it. It's pretty much for Clarkie and Dinklage. And, I don't yeah. know. I've, I've, I was really bored
1: of her storyline until... Did Inkles showed up? Yeah, really.
0: I find her intensely watchable, Um, which is kind of a shame because she's now announced that she's dropping out of the Terminator series.
1: Really, shocker.
0: I know.
1: Color me surprised.
0: And uh, yeah, that's a shame. Although, so so
1: is like all of the audience. (laughs) The the audience (laughs) dropped
0: out first, admittedly. And to be fair, though, she wasn't the worst thing about Terminator Genesis. She wasn't. Like, Jai Courtney was I was going to say,
1: like, if you're in a film with Jai Courtney, you know you're not going to be
0: Exactly! One. You know, you could yeah. get away with murder if you're starring alongside Although, Jai Courtney.
1: Those, those trailers for Suicide Squad make me feel weird about myself, because he looks like one of the best things in Suicide really? Squad. Really? Yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I feel I'm... like him and Captain Boomerang are pretty... Simpatico, as well as character and actor. goes. It's because
0: he's a very forgettable character, Captain Boomerang, thats I love what?
1: Captain Boomerang.
0: Digger Harkness, which he's, is the worst he's not, alias. He's not
1: good in Arrow. I will, I will no, complete.
0: he is not good in Arrow no. or Flash or whichever one he was in. Uh, Daisy Ridley, meanwhile, has got a new project. You heard about this one?
1: Oh, yeah, she's got a film career now. She's you? got a film career yeah, now. After yeah, because yeah,
0: that, that's what happens. Yeah, she's uh, now in all the projects. You know, I have. You just know that Carrie Fisher despises her, don't you? Like, how dare you be, yeah. the, be the girl well, in a Star Wars movie? And <laughs> And then get other work. How dare? Who the hell it do took you me think? Forty you years. Do... I had to get middle aged before I got another job. <laughs> I had to get middle aged and sassy, and, and I, a bunch had, of I dogs. had to be a drop dead Fred. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Was she in drop dead Fred? She was, not she? I don't know. Was
1: she? I don't. I don't was think she, she was. I, am I, I confusing?
0: Remember. Am I confusing when Harry met Sally with Drop Dead Fred for some reason? She's I,
1: not when Harry met Sally. I'm sure she's not. It's
0: she, oh, it's uh, the other one. No, she is in When Harry Met Sally. I'm sure she is. This is going to take some IMDb, some IMDb this. IMDb
1: in. this. It's IMDb Carrie Fisher. And- I'm to have to hand in my Rob Reiner film club card if i get this wrong
0: <laughs> really oh yeah. the, lamin- the laminating came away off mine so the laminate nah, came right. off mine so but yeah daisy ridley
1: she's gonna be in a daisy film. ridley's I got her her. this is yeah. it called is it the last wife or something it's like that?
0: something like that it is it's based on it's a world war Two set novel it's gonna the lost wife by the way the lost the lost wife, wife. It's, uh, the allison richmond world war ii novel she's gonna be starring in the film adaptation of of that um after she stars in the J. jj produced movie colma which i think we talked about last week um, in the meanwhile, have you have you heard about uh, what's next for the movie to TV conversion
1: ratio? Um, movie to TV,
0: movie to TV. Which movies gonna become a TV show next? No, hit me up. Snatch.
1: Really Yes
0: Snatch is going to become a t- This is in the works now This is being made right now Then they announced it And it was in production The next day
1: Interesting I've got um, some TV to movie news After this Oh okay go go yeah, What is it Freeze uh, Company Th- Oh yeah you heard about this We got a Three's Company yeah. Like who would you cast in there Um Jason Ritter Jason <laughs> Really Makes sense, doesn't it? Really,
0: no, (laughs) no, don't try and make Jason Ritter a thing. Jason Ritter is not a thing. I'm
1: trying to do like an ice cube, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Then find someone better. I'm pretty sure he can play his dad's character. No. No, he cannot. What is your hatred for Jason Ritter? He's a nothing, he's 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 a nothing, he's the
0: lint ball of actors. He's, he's actually less... Imp- he will leaves- be
1: signing you up for a
0: Jason Ritter fan club card. <laughs> he needs less of an impression than Jai Courtney. Sam, oh, Worthing- Sam Worthington wonders who the hell Jason Ritter is. That That's how nothing Jason Ritter is. It's who
1: Joel Kinnaman aspires to be. Exactly. Yeah. Joel
0: Kinnaman still wants to be Jason Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Scarlett Johansson's going to play Zelda Fitzgerald as that as well. Really? Yeah, He's you not know about this? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, she's going to play Zelda Fitzgerald in a biopic. And this this kind of intrigued me because, for one thing, I had no idea at first who they were referring to, and I was like Zelda Fitzgerald, is is she the little chick from Poltergeist? And that turned out to be Zelda Rubenstein, by yeah. the way, uh, not Zelda Fitzgerald. Oh, as in F. Scott Fitzgerald. What what you got against Scott Fitzgerald? Scott Fitzgerald, what's up?
1: I got I got nothing. No, no I just... Why are you
0: saying F. Scott Fitzgerald? Oh, you yeah. just... <laughs> every time. When you stop falling for it, I'm gonna. I'll stop. Just to doing make you it.
1: feel better. Yes, she is and when I met Sally, and I've just realised who she is. So I the best
0: like... friend, isn't she?
1: Yeah. How did I remember
0: that? And you not? I
1: don't know.
0: I don't know <laughs> A real Mickey Mouse operation Okay, yeah. so let's let's talk about uh, Another Mickey Mouse operation Let's talk about Special Correspondence Which is the uh, the latest Netflix movie This is actually a feature yeah. film Debuting exclusively on Netflix it Stars Eric Barner and Ricky Gervais And it has been written and directed by Ricky Gervais as well And this is the story of A uh, a pair of radio journalists One's the technician, one's the journalist i give you three guesses which way around that works
1: so oh, the handsome, charismatic
0: one, Eric Barner, is the journalist, obviously. No, you
1: they, Eric, Eric is the handsome, charismatic one
0: out of the two. Yeah. Anyway, so the idea is that <laughs> they are sent to Ecuador uh, to report on a civil uprising. However, along the way, they fail to make the flights and lose their passports at the same time. So what they do instead is hold mm-hmm. up in an apartment above a deli across the street from their radio station and wind up just phoning in reports... Faked reports using, you know, an Apple laptop and MacBook. that sound like they're in Ecuador. This is the idea. However, this quickly escalates when they then wind up faking their own kidnapping as well. And this then has a snowball effect where the media then pick up the story as well and a mass campaign erupts to free the two American hostages being held in the Ecuadorian conflict. We have a clip.
1: we meant to go to Ecuador. We got as far as an apartment in New York across the road from the radio station. Live from Ecuador, Frank Bonneville has an exclusive... The desert sand has bought the city... To a standstill Sky has changed color The sun has all but disappeared I think we need more information Because I'm pretty sure
0: sand isn't a big problem in, in Ecuador What I'm hearing from my sources is that the two correspondents have gone missing They're in serious danger
1: Everyone's looking for us Which means we have to go to Ecuador for real Why do we have to go to Ecuador? It's that or we go to jail I'm around it, so you you have
0: basically seen this setup before. In fact, if you ever saw the there was a comedy back in two thousand called Screwed, and no one I ever meet has ever seen this film, yeah. and yet it? It, it starred Norm Macdonald and Dave Chappelle and Danny DeVito, right? And it was terrific, and yet nobody has ever seen it. And, yeah, it was so good. And, yeah, it bears an un- un- uncanny similarity to this film. But the weird thing about this film is that this has landed within a month of the whole Louis C.K., Horace and Pete debacle, in which Louis C.K., who actually, it turns out, he's a friend of Ricky Gervais's. They've worked together oh, a few things, friend, haven't they? Yeah. And Ricky Gervais has been in Louis, been in the, the movie, series yeah. Louis. Yeah. and He um, and was C. his K. doctor. Yeah, and yeah, Louis yeah. C.K. has turned up in turn in uh, The Invention of Lying, and films like that.
1: I never saw that. Never saw oh, right, he turned yeah. up in
0: there. Uh, so the idea is, that you've got this month in which Louis C.K. has exercised his creativity and he's produced his own indie se- indie, indie web series. Yeah. Has made no money from it, and is now eight million in debt. And he the can, other end, he the, can get it back quite easily. He though. can get it back quite easily. But the other end of the spectrum, you've got Ricky Gervais doing it, and he's producing this, yeah. and it's on Netflix. It's going to get its, its it's it's going to reap its rewards, and by all accounts, it's kind of a preordained success anyway because it's on Netflix. Mm. So, and this is the problem actually with. Doing the Netflix model in one sense Which is You are pretty much guaranteed to be a preordained success So the Adam Sandler thing Might not be for the best Right, so what you've got then is a screwball comedy with a bit of a media savvy edge. And I mean, the biggest surprise to it all is that Ricky Gervais is not playing the lead for a change, that he's taken the sidekick role. But the problem is that the schlubby sidekick role seems so kind of out, so out of the way for Gervais now, who noticeably has slimmed down, he's quite svelte. But other than the fact that he's still got the face. He's he's still not Ricky Gervais, and it seems like a role better suited to a Louis C.K. type, or even, if you really must keep it British, Stephen Merchant. Just just spit more in that one, because that would actually be funny. The problem is, Ricky Gervais in this role doesn't quite work, and although he seems to have what he thinks is his own handle on the material, he's turning in a performance from The Office, and everyone else is turning out an American movie performance, and the two do not gel. It doesn't work, whereas if you had someone who still kept up the sort of middle-aged schlubby vibe like Louis C.K., you would have had something Mm. magic. Eric Barner, though, does exactly what you think he's going to do, which is, I'm going to be suave and handsome, but, you know, a little (laughs) vulnerable. And it works. And he plays the sort of, you know, likeable, well, arsehole, for a better word, uh, well enough. It works. However, I do think the MVP of the whole thing is Vera Farmilla. I did you see Vera Farmilla.
1: I would say Farmiga Farmiga? We
0: both might be wrong We both might We'll look that up later But Vera Farmiga She's terrific Because she gets to do The comedic sort of level That she doesn't really Ever get to play on And this is I don't
1: think I've ever seen her In a a comedy
0: She is borderline venomous In this film And she does it so well And I I do think it's An untapped An untapped reservoir for her That she needs to go into I think more often It's definitely something She should be looking more into In terms of her roles Um Ricky Gervais, though, as a director, remained quite workmanlike, I find, because I, I don't think the style of the office was particularly by choice. I, I do think that was down to ability I do think mm. that the the particular work with craft, the crafting level of the office was pretty much a necessity of limitation and it seems it, it to did, have, it
1: did work for that material
0: though. it worked for that material that's yeah. the thing because Gervais is always a better writer than he is a director mm. he, it, it's the Kevin Smith theory some people oh, yeah, are totally. just yeah. better writers than they are directors and fair play They want to carry. he doesn't screw up the film directorially or anything like that it's yeah. not a bad probably, job it's workmanlike I think like Kevin Smith he would be the first to probably admit that as well well that's it yeah. exactly but um, but in terms of the writing side of it, the f- the film works better when it is down to the two-handers, when it is Eric Barner and Ricky Gervais just trading barbs. That stuff is really funny. That stuff actually does work. And it is like when it is engaging. Mm. And the problem is when the film reaches its third act and it feels the need to, as, as you say in the trailer, we need to go to Ecuador because it needs to suddenly resolve its plot and the problem is once it starts doing that it goes off onto a whole other level of screwball comedy where it becomes kind of an action comedy and the problem is Ricky Gervais does not direct action very well at all, he really cannot balance action with comedy, the end result is actually kind of facile and it's very disappointing it is his shortfall the entire third act feels like his shortfall it does feel like a project that maybe he should have written and just handed over and not starred in or at least taken in a different role, like a smaller, a yeah. smaller role, maybe. The weird thing is, as well, there is a role in it that would have been perfect for him, mm. which is a role played by Kevin You Yeah, I
1: thought Kevin Pollack was in. Kevin,
0: it. Well, this yeah. for the record, though, this has a hell of a cast. You look, oh, the, yeah. uh, Benjamin Bratt's in this. America Ferrara yeah, yeah. is in this.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah America Ferrera cool. is in
0: this. Ugly Betty. And you, look at yeah. it. What, what? What is this? Why? Why are all these people in this? <laughs> and you know, I kept expecting Key and Peel to turn up but let's uh, say you know it's on Netflix so it's not going to cost you uh, anything more than your usual subscription fee anyway so it's worth checking out I think it's only about 9500 minutes long okay. it's worth you a could look could do worse it's two thirds good that's, that's the best way to say it two thirds good right. Yeah. let's call it two thirds good and that works for me so where else film news was this week oh Hasbro
1: Oh, is this the Hasbro Cinematic Universe? Yes,
0: the Hasbro Cinematic Universe. HCU? It doesn't sound as good, does it? HCU. So the HCU, the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, uh, in which they are going to combine the likes of, is it G.I. Joe, Mask, Micronauts, and ROM into one cinematic universe. So what they've done is they've gotten the writers' room, stocked it full of really good writers. They will spitball ideas. Have you heard that they've actually got artists with them as well? Like actual Pad and pen. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Did to come up with yeah, the, to come up with concepts and character and designs in the room live? This is yeah. actually a thing. That's pretty cool. But what's actually really really cool? Oh, the list is the list of names who are associated with this. So, have you seen these writers? No. So, who's right. who's in the room? So Brian K. Vaughan right. okay, who's currently writing Why the Last Man? Mm. Okay, he's the he's guy. He's been writing that for a while. He has, or but he's the guy from been Lost, been though. He's yeah. one of the showrunners on Lost. Nicole Perlman, co writer of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Now that's an interesting one. He meant to be doing Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, that was yeah. a rumour. Uh, Michael Shabon, who wrote uh, Amazing yeah. Spider Man 2. Uh, amazing Sp- No, Spider Man 2.
1: Was it Amazing Spider Man 2? I hope it's Spider Man 2. I'm hoping it's Spider Man <laughs> now, yeah, not, not Amazing Spider Man no, If it's Amazing, then no, no. But if it's Spider Man 2, yeah, big one
0: boy. F. Scott Fitzgerald, him, man. But, uh, okay, so, and then we've got, oh, Jeff Pinkner as well. Um did who, Jeff
1: Pinkner,
0: do Pinkner Jeff Pinkner is the guy right in the Dark Tower. Oh really? Yeah, oh, and cool. and of course, my, my personal favourites. We've got John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Yo, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are currently doing
1: the Spider Man.
0: They are. They're doing Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, they've also got that one Stuber. They're doing Stuber as well. They're producing Stuber. Oh, the, the the
1: Uber film, the Uber movie. Yeah, isn't, isn't there two Uber movies? I
0: don't know.
1: So, Wilfabel is going to be in one. I don't know if that Stuber.
0: I don't one. think so. I've not heard about Stuber and Wilfabel. Well, Possibly competing... a different
1: one. As where it usually is in Hollywood. Well,
0: of course, Dante's Peak Volcano, man, that's where it is. <laughs> you know, God's Not Dead, Civil War, but
1: uh, <laughs> basically the same film,
0: <laughs> basically the same movie, man. Yeah, I
1: love you went for that and not be obvious. Batman v Superman.
0: <laughs> well, but no, they they have nothing in common. Civil War's good. Right. So uh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> no, really, no idea how bad God's Not Dead Two is.
1: I hope I never have a misfortune.
0: I mean, it's a film so bad that even its title doesn't make any sense, because shouldn't it be God's Still Not Dead? Or wouldn't it have just been a twist to call it God's Alive? God's Alive, yeah.
1: yeah. God's Alive. Do a a Brian Blessed on it. God's God's Alive. God's (laughs) Alive.
0: But, oh, it was so bad. I mean, I I have no respect for Melissa Joan Hart anymore. I really don't. And now,
1: as, as I said to you prior to doing the show, I've seen some episodes of uh, Melissa and Joey, so that's made me lose all respect. To I've
0: role. never had the pleasure of Melissa and Joey.
1: It's got one of the kids from Jurassic World, the slightly older older kid, that's like, oh, there's a girl. I should fancy her. Yeah, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. You know who I mean. He
0: turns up in the fifth wave. He's he's, yeah. he's, he's like, the, I think he's the sort of would-be love interest in the fifth wave. The fifth wave. Um... No, the because I know the other kid from Jurassic World is uh, Harley. Is, is Harley from Iron Man 3 and yes. also the lead in Insidious because he'd been on the poster for that for two years and I hadn't recognised him.
1: I have a bit of Guardians news.
0: Go with the Guardians news for me.
1: Cool. Um, so there's been some set photos. Yes, I've I've seen a few of these. So yeah. this is about uh, Nathan Fillion. Oh, yes! Yes, uh, he's got good, good friends with James Gunn. Uh, he's been in Sliver and Super. He's and- in the first one. He's in the first one. He's like mo caps are big. Yeah, age, he's, he's
0: he? the guy that uh, group sticks his twig finger in his nose.
1: Yeah, the big, yeah. purpley fella. This here is our <laughs> <three>. <laughs> Yeah. Even sounds like an April yeah. Villain. Right. In Guardians 2, there have been some set photos of a movie theater. Yeah, set on Earth. Set on Earth. A movie it's set on Earth. There are some posters, and Nathan is in the posters, and the character name is Simon Williams.
0: Yes, who is an Avenger as well? Is yes. it, it becomes an Avenger he or beco- was an Avenger at some point in the Marvel. He becomes an War.
1: Avenger called Wonder Man. Yes, that's so it. So potentially that maybe something happens. or It might just be a cool little. You, oh uh, look, he's yeah. Hang he's on, just in so you
0: didn't get all the way through the article when you were reading it, did you? Because I, I just there is something a lot more funny about that than you No, you don't know well, okay that's, that's so really the know. movie posters that nathan fillion's in in those set photos are all for fictitious movies oh yeah that yeah. exist within the marvel universe
1: there's a biopic for tony, tony stark, stark. Yeah, I did, I did see so that, we will yeah, actually did, yeah. get
0: to in some form or other see nathan fillion play tony stark that will get me <laughs> out of bed in the morning yeah yeah. <laughs> so let's see what else we've got then. Uh, uh,
1: Sherlock 3. Uh, yeah. Oh, Sherlock 3. Sherlock 3. Yeah, uh, that has got a screenwriter finally. Yes. Uh, James Queen. I'm not entirely sure what he's done.
0: Speaking of screenwriters, Aaron mm. Berg, who is writing the upcoming G.I. Joe 3, <laughs> is also going to write Lionsgate's movie adaptation of the Borderlands video game.
1: Really? I am not That's... familiar with that game. I, I am. Are you? I am. Really? Well, one and one two.
0: Yeah. Well, do you know who's producing that? You're going to no. love this.
1: Don't say Michael Bay. No. Don't, don't say Dunes no. or whatever it is. RV Arad. Really?
0: RV and Ari Arad are producing the Borderlands. Series. It's going to be produced by Arad Productions, <clears throat> who want to make, and this is the quote, <clears throat> Mad Max in space.
1: This yes. Is, yes that, please. That's what
0: they're going for. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Sony are making a sequel to Goosebumps. I'd be fine, out. Yeah. Get this.
1: I enjoy that.
0: Rob Letterman and Darren Lemke, the director and screenwriter, yep. both <clears> back amazing so, so so. oh we're just awaiting the news that jack black's could come back now and yeah
1: i would be very surprised i be very surprised if, you'd he, be surprised on if he came back i don't know jack black i don't know i'd be surprised if he passes on oh he's probably passed on. okay I'm i
0: was
1: about to say you'd be an idiot to pass on though. You know i watched kung fu panda the other day kung fu panda
0: three. Oh, 3 okay go on
1: that film is great it is
0: great isn't it, it? Is great it is great i'm glad we agree it's
1: visually stunning voice cast works really well There's did you love twist. james hong so much. So much. He gets so much to do. He but... will Yeah, uh, Cassie actually cried. Really? Heart. Yeah, because uh, it, it's all about dads and the emotions. And, uh, I'm usually you know, a, sucker the feels. I'm, I'm a sucker
0: for a good father-son story. I as am that. I, as am I. But I, I will admit, I got a little misty-eyed, and I, I, I felt kind of really bad about this, actually. I got a little bit misty-eyed during Civil War at one point in which uh, Spider-Man was introduced. Right. And I got a little bit missed <laughs> because it was so referential, but okay. affectionately so. And I was just watching it. Oh my god, they've done it! It's like the first time you—it's not like the first time you heard the Doctor Who theme when it came back in you know two thousand yeah, five, yeah. and you just got a little. Oh my god, it's back! You know, <laughs> it was just a wonderful. And even though Spider Man hadn't been gone for very long, a good Spider Man had. So you yeah. know, we hadn't seen a good Spider Man in ten years by the time Amazing Spider Man Two had happened. So it was nice to see a good Spider Man again. And Tom Holland is so good. And that kid is. That kid really sold me. If you weren't excited about Spider Man Homecoming already, yeah. uh, Civil War will get you really amped
1: up. Well, I guess that is some sad news, we have got to say, because I don't think we spoke about it last week. In fact, last week we might have said that they have a potential villain. Now if they don't Oh, have a villain, yeah, 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 Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is. Sam... He's not. He turned it down, didn't he? I, I don't know if he's turned it down. No, the story I read he that he think... turned it down. Yeah, I, I know that he is, is just kind of past it. but I don't know mm. if it's because of scheduling conflicts or if he just chose to not do the material, but either which way, he's not doing it, which yeah. is a shame. Did you say there it was
0: shame. a rumour about uh, Willem Dafoe? No, I heard a rumour somewhere that Willem Dafoe was getting involved, and I was like, really? Oh, How? No way, he's, he's a DC boy now. Yeah, he's, he's DC now, and also Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man... Been there, done that.
1: Yeah, and he was really effective. He he was amazing, he was great. He was great, yeah.
0: Just, please, the love of God, keep him out of Power Rangers suit. But, you know, aside (laughs) from that...
1: Now, I think if we are going to still do the Vulture role, I think there are some people... Okay. You'll, you'll I'm talking. Well, it's, it's, really it's
0: really the fine. thing is, the MCU has this thing now where they are running out of actors they can cast mm. in the MCU. We all like to think that the MCU is really good at, you know, catching edgy young talent, up and coming talent. It's not that. It's that they've already used everyone else. That's what it is. The only reason Daniel Bruhl's in Civil War is solely because they'd already used Robert Redford and Tommy Lee Jones and all the really known actors. That now they kind of just have to pick the up and comers.
1: No, but I, I kind of think the opposite. I think they're really, really, I know, I'm really, kidding. Really I'm can- kidding. You oh you Joker, a uh, regular Mark Hamill. <laughs> they're, they're really, canny with getting those really fantastic, well-established actors. You say that, but I think that this,
0: I think that that talent is actually going to shoot them in the foot, and it has happened a couple of times already. What? When so you, when we
1: see Cate Blanchett? No,
0: no. What I mean is, Blank like, you look at look at Winter Soldier, for example, yeah, yeah. when they cast Frank Grillo in that, and he, he's great in it, and he's a great crossbones and everything, but.
1: Don't you kind of wish when the Punisher showed up in Daredevil? Uh, well, off? of course. Of course. But don't you kind of wish. But also I don't think anybody really thought about John Burnfall. And I'd spoken N- no one sp- did. I'd spoken no to one people did, about, about Frank Garello being Punisher. Yeah, that was thing, uh, for
0: me it was Punjanicky when you saw Punjanicky my thought was please let this guy be the Punisher. He'd be amazing. Be great, yeah. But he'd already been a winter soldier at that point. Mm. So
1: Yeah, no I I did I did have a similar Mm. Form, I do think
0: sometimes that they just that they they cast without really thinking ahead, and yeah, they've got a lot of characters. They have, lot got, of characters they have got a lot of characters, and it would be nice if they if, used something about a bit of this
1: upward trajectory. They're just gonna keep attracting the A list talents.
0: They apparently will. Yeah,
1: and just the left center. Like, who thought that Glenn Close would be in a <laughs> superhero film? Robert not, Redford. I'm who, Robert always Redford sticking. Robert Redford and Tommy Lee Jones. What the hell are those two doing in a superhero movie? And Tommy Lee Jones is great in that film. Oh, he is because he's just being Tommy Lee Jones.
0: He's still skinny. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
0: Oh, Stanley Tucci though. I realised. Yeah, of course. It? Yeah. So let's see what else we got. Um, okay, we've got. Oh, a few about Alfonso Cuaron. This, what is he doing? This is a weird one. Okay, he's not actually doing anything officially.
1: Ooh, I like that. Ooh, is he going JJ about
0: it? Unofficially, he's godfathering. The uh, the Jungle oh, Book I've Origins one, not yeah. Godfathering. He's actually playing assistant slash yeah. consultant to Andy Circus on Jungle Book Origins, which That's is strange. now actually being retitled Jungle Book.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That was its original title. Yeah. Before they added the origins.
0: Which... Yeah, but now it's just yeah. Jungle Book. So we'll have the Jungle Book and Jungle uh, no. Book, Jungle Book, which is going to be the Andy Circus one. But instead of the Disney one, where it's all actually animated and the only real thing <clears> is, <throat> is uh, Neil Seti. Yeah. This one is actually going to be motion capture in real environments. Yeah. So, but he's actually be fair to him. He's got a decent cast. He's
1: got Christian Bale and Benedict Cumberbatch. It's got Cumberbatch and Shere Khan, which I could see, but it's. She's going to make me a smog, I think. Kind of, yeah. It's going to have that, that vibe. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. But Are you not? No, I'm sure I've told you this. You're that guy. I, I'm definitely that guy. Oh, okay. I'm totally that guy. Him and Eddie Redmayne, and we've gone into that in some we're, we're,
0: we're, Our, our <laughs> position on Eddie Redmayne is well established.
1: But after seeing the Doc <laughs> Strange pictures and learning about him being the Grinch, that's, that's bringing me around a little bit.
0: Fair enough, then. Yeah. Okay, so um, we should talk about uh, Ratchet and Clank real quick. Yeah. And uh, brace yourself for this one, because this is a real doozy of a flick, this one. This is a, a movie based on a PlayStation game. A 14, 15 year old PlayStation game aimed at, if you believe the box, 15 year olds. Because if you pick up the video game box, it says it's rated for teens on it.
1: I, I was roughly around that age, I guess. Yeah, when that film, I mean, the whole thing so looks that like game was out. I've
0: never played the game. It looks like Sonic the Hedgehog in space.
1: Uh, essentially, it is a lot of fun.
0: But, uh, yeah. well, so you know the game. Yeah, and, oh, and the sequels and stuff. Yes. I'm, I'm really glad you do because yeah. I'm not familiar with it at all. I, I only have this film to base it on. And the fact that it's rated teen is, uh, it strikes it's, me as particularly. It like notable. a Jack
1: and Daxter kind of. You play those?
0: Daxter and Jacks? D- D- no, I don't know. I can't get the title right. So I was more of an Earthworm Jim kind of guy.
1: Oh, me too. Me yeah. too. Earthworm
0: Jim yeah. was more my jam. So good. Yeah, Jim was my jam. So, um. Jim Jam. <laughs> so, right, we've got this weird thing. Um... In fact, right, I'll get to it in a minute. So, what you've got is the story. What's the story of Ratchet and Clank? Because it seems to me you've got a small fox like mechanic, like an actual anthropomorphic fox, yeah. who is like a space mechanic who teams up with a little robot helper and they go and join the Galactic Rangers and fight evil. Like Essentially, yeah. Okay. It's, that's the, a, it's the origin story of that. Here's a clip. My internal
1: coordinate system indicates a right turn up ahead. Eh, my gut says this way, Clank. Glad you're getting in touch with your feelings, newbie. But we're turning right. Because... Because I'm your senior ranger and I say so. That's why.
0: Okay, okay. Yeesh, cranky.
1: What's that? Huh? Oh, I said... Thank ye for those words of wisdom. Good save. This feels too easy. Why was there no alarm? It is strange. Everyone, stay sharp.
0: So yeah, that sounded really inspired. That didn't. It? <sighs> did you? Did you sit, find yourself perched on the edge of your seat, just like <sighs> absolutely riveted? Well, wow, I'm, I'm happy that exists, man.
1: I know that Johnny B. Goodman's
0: in it. John Goodman is in it. Yeah. Uh Paul Giamatti is in it. Yes. Uh Rosario Dawson is yes. in it. What a voice cast. Uh Sylvester Stallone is in it. Yeah. Oh um, man. It it's got a hell of a voice cast. I've got to give it that. That's the best thing about it. They all
1: literally phoned it in.
0: I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure their voices are actually recorded over a telephone into that film. Like
1: Sly could have been on a plane somewhere.
0: Uh, it's okay, so <laughs> This is the most unrelenting thing I've seen all year. It, it reminded me, actually... Remember, remember when I filmed Escape from Planet Earth? About a year or so ago. It had been out for yeah, years. You, it finally got released about you, a year you ago.
1: You quite enjoyed it, didn't you?
0: No, I found it quite disposable. No, what you're thinking... thinking about the same the one I liked yeah. recently was Capture the Flag.
1: Capture the Flag Now,
0: that like. I actually will recommend over this every single time. For the love of God, if you're trying to amuse a small child put Capture the Flag on, skip this entirely. This is dreadful. Why don't you just give them the game of
1: this? Well, yeah, actually, actually, that's the thing.
0: (laughs) The thing is, despite... Remember I mentioned the game is rated for teens? Now, that strikes me as particularly interesting because I cannot, for the life of me, figure out who the film's aimed at. Mm. Because the film seems to have appeal only to people who like the games, who would be teenagers then because they have to be to play the game. And yet, it is the most infantile, childlike crass little kiddie film you've ever seen in your life. This would genuinely prove problematic for a six-year-old yeah. to sit through, I really think.
1: When when you say that the game is rated for teens, it, it isn't, really. Well, like, I get that it's a cutesy kind of Yeah, you could, you could give this game to like an eight-year-old, and they'd have a great time. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, but fairly, I was like, it's
0: rated teen, so I presume that's like 12. Yeah. 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 I, don't, don't mind your video game ratings don't actually count one of those. Those
1: ESRB kind of ratings? I don't really count it when it's GTA. I would never give that to a kid. No,
0: but those have BBFC ratings. Different thing. True,
1: yeah.
0: Console games now. Films. In fact, I think all console games now have to have BBFC ratings because of the amount of video content in them. Okay. They have to. Hmm. Uh, the old ETS, B, whatever, whatever ratings. Yeah, they never actually were enforced. But So this is actually co written and co directed by Kevin Munro. Remember him at all? No. He all the is the chap now. who brought us TMNT in 2007. Remember that really enjoyable Turtles animated movie that came out of nowhere and was actually really good? That's
1: not the word I would use for it. but Really? Did you not enjoy TMNT? I don't like any variation turtles, Apart from just live ones, I guess. What's
0: wrong with you? Like, what actually is wrong with you? I I don't know. So you don't like Minions? I will book book a Doctor's appointment. You don't like Benedict
1: Cumberbatch? I said I'm coming around to Cumberbatch, but I would never say I don't like him. Do you like Sunny Days and Candy? Do those things irk you as well? I prefer rain and candy hurts my teeth. Of course they do.
0: Of course they do. Right, so, uh, yeah, it's a letdown for Kevin Munro, who directed uh, TMNT as well. Uh, the voice cast are phoning it in. It's zippy as hell, yet feels like it has absolutely nothing to say. No real momentum or drive, despite the fact that it is constantly accelerating from A to B. Um, and that's the problem. It, it It feels like the sort of movie that would be out of its depth as an in-flight movie if if you were if you if you were on a long haul flight and this was on the headrest monitor in front of you 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 you'd turn it over that's how bad it is even if you were half asleep this is the sort of film that is quite clearly destined for the uh, a toddler's headrest monitor in the back of a Citroen Picasso if you can imagine that it it's almost exactly right. having having like you know kids chocolate pudding flung in it, you know <laughs> it, it feels like that kind of a film. It, it's purely going to live on those kinds of monitors. Mm. That I mean the most amusing thing about it to me is it's based on a video game and it begins with sixteen distributor logos, which is pretty much like every video game I've ever played it begins with sixteen unnecessarily long and overly animated distributor logos, but. Uh,
1: um, I watched a film, with, that's reminded me of something, I watched a film the other day called Turbo Kid. To, to, he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. John Dickens keeps harping on about this. It's really good, but that's, it's really good. that starts with like 20 logos. Uh, well, I'll, I'll
0: check that out because he's actually on Netflix. Yeah, he's very good. But uh, no, the problem is this has nothing in the way of enchantment, no engaging characters, not even a distinct personality of its own. It just feels like a hodgepodge of ideas taken from other video games and other movies. It feels like an attempt to craft a cinematic franchise out of a series of platform games that really have no inherent cinematic world. Birth. it feels like something that would be taxing to spin into a successful narrative even for an infant
1: mm.
0: and well you just simply be better off watching capture the flag instead and <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong i think this year most of the time you're better off watching capture the flag but I'll watch zootropolis or, or zootropolis or the jungle book or captain america civil war or uh, demolition or
1: not God's Not Dead.
0: Not God's Not Dead, though. <laughs> that's because, the only one. Spoiler alert, God's totally dead in that movie. and Yeah, yeah, the writers of that movie forced him to kill himself. But uh, I can't get over how bad that film was. Oh, man. Do you reckon we're going to greenlight a third? No, no. It ends, after the credits, there is a post-credits button that's like 10 minutes long that sets up God's Not Dead 3 because there's a character called Reverend Dave who carries on through all of these movies. No.
1: Oh, like a, like a connective thread.
0: Like a connective thread, Reverend Dave. Wow. He looks like a middle-aged blonde version of Dane Cook. And oh, nobody needs. He's that. one of those. You know, one of those Ugh. funky reverends who wears like a, a like a denim shirt with rolled-up sleeves. I don't know a non-funky reverend. No? I don't know
1: any reverends.
0: uh well, Reverend Dave. He's a, cool, a funky cool reverend? cat. Cool cat. It's, it's a cool the, thir- the, thir- the third movie is going to see him on trial, apparently. So on a surfboard. Yeah that well it's really funnily enough, actually no, no, no,
1: no, no, one no, of the no, last no, no, no. that
0: was the last actual Christian movie I watched was Soul Surfer. So oh, right. you know that one where <laughs> Tied she did she, she lose a leg or lose her arm or something and couldn't surf something but she had the power him. of Carrie Underwood and Christ. So <laughs> Yeah. And Dennis Quaid had the power Carrie, of turning down G.I. Joe sequels. Is
1: Carrie Underwood the one that did that song called Jesus Take the Wheel?
0: I don't is know. That... All I know is she's not bad to look at. But that that's all I remember okay. about carrie underwood she's she's some <laughs> kind of singer, and she was okay to look at
1: She can carry a tune
0: she can carry a tune and and a balcony underwood. you could do Shakespeare from, but other than that. <laughs> So, let see what else is in the film news now that we've dropped that bombshell. I don't think there actually is
1: anything left. No, we've we've covered absolutely everything this week. How rare is that for us? Mad. Oh, Dwayne Johnson is doing Jumanji. Yes, we forgot that's that That's some pretty week. big news, and we've uh, not spoken about we've that. We've not spoken about that. So, it was rumoured that it was going to be Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart, because they're, like, BFFs, BFFs now. now. Yeah, they yeah. Their they're gal pals. They're gal pals, so do each other's, not really do each other's hair, because Dwayne Johnson hasn't got any hair. No!
0: What do you think? They, they, didn't they just artificially put cornrows in Kevin Hart
1: Oh, that'd be weird to see.
0: I don't know. We have got that little mini-afro, mini-fro at the beginning the mini of Central Intelligence. Central
1: Intelligence we did the MTV Movie Awards. Yes, just they did. Basically a big promo for that film. But yep. in doing the promo for that, it become pretty tight. And they were both in uh, negotiations to uh co headline the new Jumanji film. Uh Dwayne Johnson has confirmed that he's gonna do it. I don't know if Kevin Hart is doing it, but yeah. I, I would assume that they've worked something out and he will be there. But... I, I
0: think I think I think if you befriended Dwayne Johnson you'd want oh, to keep my, my that life friendship would going. Made.
1: My life really would
0: made. I would love to have Dwayne Johnson as a gym buddy. Can you imagine what you'd look like in a
1: month? Can you imagine if Dwayne you Johnson would, was your gym buddy? You would not want to let him down. So you would just You wouldn't would you, you would push harder than you've ever pushed before. Exactly. Like you know, I've always said if you paid
0: anyone three million pounds, they they would hit the gym and they would look like Hugh Jackman in you know, a couple of months, same way Hugh Jackman would. Because right, yeah. three million, I think you could do it for free simply by befriending Dwayne Johnson.
1: Side note: those two are friends as well. They because are. Bib yeah. was a whole thing when it, I think he must have been bulking up for the last Wolverine. It was the Wolverine, and he was like sending him tweets. And... I've,
0: I've got the diet plan. You've got the diet it, plan. It, <laughs> it was in. It was in. Uh, what do you call it? Men's Fitness or Men's Health? Whatever it is, that magazine. I don't read that. No. Uh, I I, 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 read,
1: I read Empire. I have and. it on
0: Apple News. I don't actually read the magazine because I'm you know 32 and it's 2016. But uh, <laughs> well,
1: print media. Oh. Print media. Oh, what are you talking about? In the 21st century.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Perish the thought.
1: But uh, Spotlight. That's the only. About that was a film. <laughs> yeah, Spotlight a was a film. That was all we did then.
0: Yeah. But they do occasionally give me actual paper copies of books ba- that films are based upon. So I go to a press show right. like Fifth Wave. And yeah, they, they gave us book right. copies of the Fifth Wave, and I, I was like, I don't even know what these things do anymore. Do they have apps? Where do I plug it in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, we we we, we I, they they get they get donated to a school. So
1: mm. Actually, when I used to work at cinema, we were always given copies of most kind of like YA. Yes, books. yes, I know. I gave out loads of Hunger Games. To people, I remember because you, you
0: gave me far too many over the years. But uh...
1: when I did the quiz, I had loads of books <laughs> exactly. <It's>
0: flying out. <laughs> but the, only, the only actual physical books I read are comedy books. You bought me the Nick Offerman I book did, for yeah. Christmas. Good book,
1: yeah. He's got a sequel, and I, Is a sequel to, I need to get it.
0: Oh, I, I did just it. start reading a new book on iBooks earlier because that's the only way I read actual books now. Okay, uh, I've started reading reading David Thorne's new book. Uh, the guy who mm. writes for Twenty Seven B yeah, Six. Yeah. But I think it's called, look, Evelyn, there are some Duck Dynasty wiper blades. We should buy them. That's the name of the book. That's the name of the book? That's the name of the book.
1: Have you ever watched Duck Dynasty?
0: No, I have not. Although it is name-checked an awful lot in God's Not Dead.
1: <laughs> Full circle?
0: <laughs> yeah. It actually is name-checked a lot. Because, obviously, it's it's like fundamentalist Christian
1: Republican yeah. stuff, isn't it?
0: I know that Ted Cruz was on an
1: episode of Duck Dynasty. and Please he...
0: tell me they shot him.
1: No. He had a gun himself, and he had all the camo makeup and stuff. Oh. And uh, he, he he took some bacon, mm-hmm. took some bacon, wrapped it around the gun, and cooked the bacon on a gun. Yes, I have yeah. seen that.
0: By the way, have it because they they the they, sent, they sent it up in scandal. They? <laughs> they actually sent that up in Scandal with Greg Henry's character. Um, have yeah. you seen the woman from Maury Povich who looks like uh, Ted Cruz?
1: No. You not no, it's not.
0: There was a woman appeared on Maury Povich and she looks exactly like Ted Cruz. This is no good for people listening. Obviously, this is, this is no good. Please do Google this, look this up. But uh, I think we should we should leave it there. And whilst we look well, whilst we look up the joy that is well, Ms. Cruz, I suppose in this case, here it is. Your moment of cage,
1: Cyrus. This is your barbecue, man, and it tastes good. But I was just saying to Mister. Dog over here that if it was my barbecue, I'd wait for that old jumbo jet in the sky before I start killing the only leverage. Shut the f**k up! Don't you wanna get high and get laid the sh- oh, f- Put the gun down.